is going to jump into tonight. I'm going to jump in right into the deep end. <clears throat> title of my series tonight, the title of this next series, I'm going to start it tonight and it'll be on Sundays through the month of February. What's, Feb- what, what's the month of February? What's it about? The love. <laughs> it's the love month. It's the loving month. Amen? <clears throat> so, the title of my series, and you're going to see this all year long because of our visionary month, which was what? Clarity. Clarity. Right? So, the title of this message is The Way of Love. The way of love. What we're going to bring is clarity to love and really understand what love is. And when you understand love and you break it down, there's no fear. (laughs) Right? I said this to you on the 30th of December in my message that what we've got to get clear is that we are healed that we are prosperous, that we are delivered of anything, fear, anything else, and that we are people of love. And 1 John chapter 4, you can put that on the screen, verse 7. It's an interesting verse of Scripture. (laughs) Every verse of Scripture in the Bible is interesting. You know why it's interesting? Because you can read it one day, and the next day you can read it, and it's like I never read it before. That's amazing. I go read a definition in the Webster's, it says exactly the same thing it did the last time. Exact same thing. But in the Scripture, the wording is the same, but the Spirit reveals something to you in a totally different way. Watch this verse of Scripture right here. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Now, just because you're born again doesn't mean you know God, right? But he said, whoever loves knows God. Say this, you're going to say it a bunch over the whole month, but I want you to say this. I am a lover. We're lovers. So, not everybody that's born of God knows God, but everybody who loves and is born of God knows God. And actually, you don't even have to be born of God to love when you know all the different kinds of love. But you'll never know what love is until you get born again because God is love. How do we know that? The next verse. Verse 8. He who does not love... 
does not know God. Why? Because God is love. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Now go back to verse 7. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Verse 8. He who does not love doesn't know God. So he could be born again, but he doesn't know God. So he doesn't understand love because he doesn't understand God, because God is love. Now, tonight I'm going to do something different. I, I don't actually, I don't think I've ever done this before. I don't think I've ever preached the love of God like this. So don't you feel privileged to be here tonight? Yeah. So, tonight, I want to, I want to, I want to give you four different kinds of love that the Bible talks about. The Bible talks about four types of love, and I'm just going to touch on them, and then through the month we'll go through them. Um, But the last one that I'm going to talk about is the real love. And the reason that everybody on the planet is all over the place where love is concerned, because they don't know God. (laughs) And you get all over the place where all these different kinds of love, this, you know, love machine is concerned on this planet. I mean, it's love this and love that and love everywhere. I just love your shoes or whatever. You know what I'm saying? People don't really know what they're saying because they don't know God. People really don't know what relationships are really all about because they don't know, they, they don't know God. Because God is love, so everything originates from the real love, but I'm going to talk about the other three loves first, and then we'll get to the real love. So the first love we're going to talk about tonight is called the storage love. Not storage, storage. It's the another name for it. I mean, there's all kinds of names, but it can, and there's other types of love that the world has defined, but I'm talking about what the Bible talks about concerning love. And this love is a family love, like a love that a parent would have for a child. It's a family love. And in Romans chapter 12, we can see, when when I read all of these scriptures leading up to the the real love, it has a name, but we'll name it in a a moment. Most of you know what it is, but we'll name it in a moment. But when we get, but as I'm reading these scriptures, you'll see all of these different types of love in all of these scriptures. And I'm going to explain that at the end of what I'm saying tonight. Romans chapter 12 and verse 10. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligent, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, and all these different kinds of things. But here in verse 10, he says, be kindly affectionate to one another with what kind of love? Brotherly love. 
a family love, loving people and caring about people that are close to you, uh, like a, a parent to a child. I'll just say this. I'm going to say this with all these loves. You will never understand how to be a parent to a child unless you know God. No way. Impossible. So, if you've had struggles being a parent to a child, because we don't know God the way we need to. And there's not anybody in here that doesn't, that is excluded from that whatsoever, so we don't have to feel pressured. Well, you know, my child did this or they didn't do it, you know, it wasn't good enough. Or No, 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 no. It has nothing to do with this message. This has everything to do with, over the next month, we're going to aim and hit the bullseye of what the real love of God is, or what the real love is. We just read the scripture that says God is love, so that means love is God. You can't separate him. He is love. The reason that people don't know how to love on planet earth is because they don't know God, right? Right? The only way that you know how to drive your car is somewhere along the road or along the way, you read the manual, you went to the classes, and you learned what to do with the car. Otherwise, the car won't do anything. If you don't know how to operate it, it's not moving. Or if it does, you're going to run it into something because you don't know how to drive it. That's why you don't let a five-year-old get behind the wheel. Why? Because they don't know how to drive. And we should not, and I'll just say this, I'm living the rest of my life to teach people, to teach you, to teach other people that come into my life, whoever it is, I'm living the rest of my life to teach people how to know God. How do you know God? Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and everything else will be added to you. How to love, how to operate, how to function on planet earth. You'll learn all of it by seeking his kingdom. What is his kingdom? It's his way of doing. And I promise you, his way of doing is the right way. And when you seek that first and you let that continue to be a part of your life. If you continue in my word, then you my disciples indeed and you'll know the truth. And the truth that you know will make you free. Right? It'll liberate you and make you free. Seek his kingdom. You know about him, then you know about love, and then you know how to function, and then you know how to love your family. I didn't know how to love my family. And I I got to a point in my life where I hated my family. I'm not proud of it. I'm just telling you, I hated my family. I did not like, I didn't like thinking about my family. I didn't like talking about my family, and I definitely didn't like going around my family. And over time, God arrested my spirit, got a hold of my soul, and began to show me how I was in my life. I was sabotaging my life because of my attitude toward my family members, blaming them for things that they weren't even guilty of. But I'd built it up in my mind. And when I began to deal with that, my road to recovery opened up years ago. And ever since then, you know, I'm 
I mean, I think most of my family would think that, say this about me, that I'm kind of the patriarch of my family. They'd probably say that. I, I kind of think I am, but it doesn't really matter whether I am or not. I'm just, I'm leading the way by walking in the love of God, and I love my family. I mean, I, I, mean, I love all of my family, my wife's family. I mean, I love everybody, love them all. And the only way that is is because I know him. <laughs> 2019, we're, we're in a doing mode. We're not going to focus on what we shouldn't be doing. We're going to focus on what we need to do. Can you say amen? Because the do's will cancel the don'ts. Love number two, the eros love. Or passionate love, sensual love. And again, the world is all over the place with this. Wow. People, I mean, you know, I, I don't even have time to get off on a bunny trail and talk about this. Because it'd take the rest of the evening <laughs> to talk about how screwed up, literally, most people are where this thing is concerned. And, and I, I'm not saying that judgmental and critical. I'm just saying we've screwed this thing up. People have, the, the, the humanity has, the church included, has messed this whole thing up. So, what do we do? We, okay, i got to fix all that. No, 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 no. No, you can't fix a thing. What do we do? Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be taken care of. We want to correct all this messed up understanding of Eros love. It's real. God made it, and he created it. But you know where he created it for? The marriage relationship. And the marriage between one man and one woman. And that's not politically correct today. It's not popular. Um, but that's just the way it is. God, I'm, I'm talking about the Bible. Now, you can go and study love from, you know, from, from the Greek's perspective. Okay? And there's a lot of good stuff in there. But it's going to compromise the Word. And so we need to know what the Word says. Right? And... It, this Eros love, God created it in us, and he, he created us to be passionate people, to love that and have a desire for it. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing dirty or wrong about it. But you'll never understand how to love your mate if you don't know God. Trying to fix it. And you know what? Marriage seminars are great, but you can go to 101 marriage seminars, and if you don't know God, the marriage seminar will not work. Number three, <laughs> got off that one really quick. <clears throat> Number three, phileo love. You'll see the, how it's spelled there, which is a selfless love. In the Bible, David and Jonathan had this type of a love for one another. You know, those people that said that David and Jonathan had a certain specific type of a relationship, and uh, I don't believe they did. They had a love for one another. You know, the Bible says there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. That's that love, where you would lay your life down for someone else, literally, to the end. Um, Stories of, from, 
I, I used to have a close friend of mine that I would eat breakfast with every once in a while, and he fought in World War II, and uh, he actually flew about 27 or 28 missions into France in World War II, and he talked about his brotherhood in the military. He, he was with the, the 182nd Airborne, and he told me stories about things that went on. I, I get chills when I think about some of the stories that he told me. And, but he talked about how that these guys would die for each other, and they did, where he saw one, one of his friends saved about five other of their friends, their comrades, and that guy died, but he saved these other five. He laid his life. That's filet of love, a love that would, that would go to bat for someone else. And you say, well, then you're saying that those military guys knew God? They had principles of God because their oath in military is about God, you know, and they think about God when they lay their life down for other people. Many people in military told me that they don't even know God from the perspective that we're talking about, but there was a form of that and a commitment, kind of a law laid down for that, and it created that type of phileo love. Again, you don't have to be born again to walk in these kind of loves, but you'll never walk in the real love without knowing God because God is that love. Can you say amen to that? Um, so, I just I, I want to get to the fourth one, and it's agape love. Or um, one of the one of my definitions, a word that was used was supreme love. Gosh, I like that word. Agape love, the supreme love. And it truly is what the storage and the eros and the phileo love come from. So I just gave you little basic definitions of those other three types of love. But none of those, all three of those, will work so beautifully when you understand the God kind of love, the agape love, the supreme love. Um, so I, I want to I go through here and read to you about five passages of Scripture to tap into this agape love and to know it. And all month long we're going to talk about this because I told you back in... I mean, I've, I, we did a number of series on this over the last two years, but I told you back on the 30th of December <clears throat> that what we're, what we're walking into is taking us to a, to a place that none of us have been, and it, it will come through the manifestation of love being administered through each of our lives and really understanding what that is and what it looks like. I mean, you can hear me say what I'm saying to you, but it's another thing to see it administered in and to and through your life. So I'm going to read a number of verses of Scripture. So to get there, that Matthew 6, if you're taking notes tonight, go and meditate on that and look at that and look at that in the Amplified. The Amplified version of Matthew 6, says, but seek first... It says, aim at and strive after, first of all, 
his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, and everything else will be added to you. His way of doing and being right and everything else will be added to you. That's how we get there. But I want you to look at some examples tonight of this agape love in manifestation. We see it in probably one of the most popular verses of Scripture. I would say maybe known to man. Found in John chapter 3 and verse 16. For God so loved. God so loved. I'll say it like this. Love so loved. Because why? Because God is love. I mean, that, that kind of doesn't make sense, but I'm going to show you how that makes sense. Love so loved the world, you and me, that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him would be saved. So love loved us so much that he, love loved us and saved us. God loved us so much and he saved us. He didn't destroy us, he saved us. So why would God save you and then want to kick you to the, to the corner, to the street? Want to kick you da- and, and kick you when you're down or when there's struggles in our life? We come into this thing with stuff. You're born into a sin nature and you've got all kinds of stuff on you. Depending on how you were raised, especially if you were never raised in any kind of church life, no word at all whatsoever, would God kick us to the corner, to the curb? Absolutely not. He came here, he loved us so much that he gave the best of heaven so that we could be saved. Not destroyed, but saved. So this year, this time, this season that we're living in, our focus is on how much God loves us. And when you know how much love loves you, you become a lover. Oh, yeah. You, you become a storage lover, an eros lover. Hmm? You, you become a phileo lover. You learn to love people no matter what. Now, watch this. Wow. Hmm. Watch this. Luke 23. And verse 34, this is Jesus after, you know the picture, what's happened to him. He was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. They drug him through the Kindron Valley to Caiaphas' house. They threw him in the pit. He was there overnight for about 12 hours in the pit. They drug him out of that. They stuck a crown of thorns on his head. They They beat him to a pulp where he wasn't even recognizable, okay? They drag him through the city, spitting on him, and, you know, the the, the movies don't have him, him, you know, naked, but he probably was. They're dragging him through the city, doing all, carrying a cross, humiliating him, doing everything. I mean, at the end of the day, you'd think if somebody had a chance to get free and bring vengeance on people that did that to you, that this would be the time. 
They nail him to a cross. Think of those big, huge nails going through his hands, through his feet. And he's up on the cross. In verse 34, he says this. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That's agape. Our human minds can't fathom that. Look at the next verse, Romans 5. And verse 10. Verse 9. Now verse 10. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. That's not the verse I wanted to read. Ah, verse 8. I knew it was in there somewhere. 8, 9, or 10. Verse 8 first, and then we'll go to 10. But God demonstrates His own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Who's going to die and lay their life down for an enemy? I mean, you read this passage right here. Maybe somebody would lay their life down for somebody that had done something really good. Maybe in the military, somebody would lay their life down for somebody. They're trying to take a heel, and you know what? They, they decide to take a grenade or something so the rest of the guys don't die, whatever like that. But who's going to lay their life down for an enemy? Verse 10, for when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son. Much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. That's agape. That's the God kind of love. And the storage love and the eros love and the phileo love will never work effectively. The world the church world, individual people, you think of family, you think of marriages, you think of friendships in every way. I I don't care who you are. Think about how difficult it is to have relationship with people that you don't like. Think about it. And, 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 And what, you know, what do we do? Come here, Caleb. So, so what do we do as, as human beings? We, we gravitate toward people. See, Caleb's kind of taller. And uh, um, if, uh, if my wife came up here, she'd be a little bit shorter. So I just gravitate towards tall people. See, we gravitate toward people like us. When God called us to people that are not like us. What's really difficult, thank you, about these kind of things is that God called you to people that can even be your enemies because he was the perfect example through his type of love, his love, that he laid his life down so we could be empowered. And we will never love our family, love our spouses, or love our friends until we understand how much God loved us. Now, I'm going to define two things here that I think are really key. Look at this next verse. Verse 
Matthew 22. Matthew 22 and verse 37. Uh, actually, back up just a minute to verse 34. <clears throat> you know, the, Jesus always had something going on. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious people, man, they were hounding him all the time. Man, giving him a hard time, constantly. He says, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, he always put him, I mean, they, they, they were all like, I, I picture Jesus saying something, and they go, they, they didn't know what to say, right? And... Um, Then one of them, a lawyer, one of the Pharisees that was a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Everybody say, in the law. Now watch this. I'm going to read this. I'm going to read in John 13. And and I want you to see something here that I think is the key to our success. It's the key to us being successful at walking in love. Watch this. He said, what's the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. I'm just going to tell you right now, you don't have the ability to do that. That's under the law. The great commandment under the law was you love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And I promise you, you don't have the ability in yourself to do that. So just take a deep breath. And just say, whoo, 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 whoo. Glory to God. We don't have to, I don't have to try to, to muster that up. No. That will happen when you know him. When you know how much he loved you, then you'll love like him. Not meet you and I trying to love the Lord God with all our heart, mind, and soul. Oh, man, I screwed that up. I did this wrong. Oh, my God gosh, I said that, oh, ah, you know, and thinking God's coming after us with a big stick. You think God would kick you to the curb after what Jesus did for us when we were enemies? How many in here tonight, you, you feel like you're an enemy to God? I don't. I don't feel like I'm an enemy to God, like I'm God's enemy, right? But we were, but we're not now. Huh? And just because we, we maybe mess something up or say something we shouldn't have said or do something, you think God's going to kick us to the curb? And the more we know him and the more we understand him, the less you do those things that I'm talking about because of your love for him because you want to do it his way. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, and everything else will be added to you. You are forgiven tonight. You're empowered You have the ability to walk in the love of God. You have the ability to love your family. Now watch this. He said, so he asked him this question, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. This is the first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Everything said before Jesus and what he accomplished, everything hangs on that. But look at John 13. John 13 and verse 34. Let's read it together. Let's just look at it together. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, how? As I've loved you, that you also love one another. Verse 35. 
By this, the whole world will know that you're my disciples. The whole world, listen to me. I got a long time left on this planet. And you know what? I am done with selfishness. I'm done. It's over. I'm done. I've gotten really good at slapping my face when I say anything that would bring someone else down that was created in the image of God. Shutting myself down. And you know where that's coming out of? Not some ability in the natural to be the best at it. It's coming out of the inside of me. Because he said here, verse 34, go back. He said, a new commandment I give you that you love one another, but you love one another as I've loved you. That you love one another. So, as I said earlier, the only way to love people is to know how much God loved you. And, and, and what, what I am desiring is, I want the love that I show my family for them to feel it like it's agape. I want the love that my wife feels for me. I, I, I want that love to feel as though it's agape, that it's from God. The, the, the love that I have for all of my family, but all of my friends, I want that love to appear as though it's agape. The God kind of love. Uh, because see, when you do something, and listen to me, everything, the the, the the prerequisite to anything that you do walking in love is hearing the voice of God. Just trying to make someone else happy with your actions won't work. God knows what people need when they need it. But we have to learn to get past our emotions and to a place that when I was still an enemy, he said, forgive Bert. Before I even did anything, he forgave me. Before you and I ever said an ugly thing, ever did anything wrong, he forgave us. God, I want to be just like him. I want to be just like Jesus. With that agape right there. A new commandment I gave you. The old commandment is, man, you got to work it up and muster up the ability to love me with all your heart, mind, and soul. If you don't, we got to go kill some calves, some sheep, some goats, some chickens, I mean, some bulls, some this, some, I mean, kill a bunch of blood, blood everywhere, and we got to sacrifice for all the mistakes. Now, he gave the best of heaven, he sacrificed one time for all men, and now we're forgiven. When you realize he loved you that much, how can you ever have an attitude toward anybody else? Now, when I say that, we all have attitude toward everybody. You have the potential to have an attitude every single day with 50 people every day. Right? 
<laughs> and as I'm saying that, you could think of a half a dozen at least that you could have an attitude with right this moment. But we have to make the change. Listen to this little quote right here. Think about this because I'll remind you of this all month. Love has very little to do with what you say or how you feel. But it has everything to do with what you do. has very little to do with what you say or how you feel because if what you do doesn't back up what you say and feel, it means absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. So, in 1 Corinthians 13, and I'm just going to mention a couple things right here and then we'll end with this. In 1 Corinthians 13, This to me, and I'm just going to, we're going to read in the New King James and we'll just start with verse 4 for time, for sake of time. Um, So, what our goal is, is to walk in agape love. In everything we do. So, when you're operating in storage love, in family love, and you come across a situation, you come across a crossed, across a situation, when you come across a situation where a family member is unkind, the answer to that issue right there to get more like the agape kind of love operating through you, the key to that is love suffers long and is kind. Love, didn't say you did, it says love does, does not envy. Love does not parade itself and is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. What are we doing this year? We are getting more clear, clearer every day on what love really looks like, and we're becoming doers of these things and not focusing on what we didn't do. Because the doing will negate the things we're not doing. The power of the seed of the word is what empowers you and I day to day to accomplish what I'm talking about. You have a spouse, you're in a, you have somebody that you're married to, and there's some things going on, there's some division, there's some issues, and you're struggling with it, you're not sure what to do in those type of situations, you begin to apply 1 Corinthians 13. See... 1 Corinthians 13 looks like from a distance that it's a weak man's approach to success. But it's not. And what it does is when you get focused on doing these things, and I'll I'll just take two, two of these. One of them is 
being selfish, and another is having your own opinion. Like that my opinion is better, like I know better in a situation. That will never win, ever. But you think, yeah, but you know, I've got to say what I need to say, and I've got to do what I need to do, and I've got to, I've got to you know, give my opinion in a situation like this. Not if you read this. But, you know, you don't go from having this hard, solid rock opinion, you don't go from that, you know, to being totally delivered overnight. But God created us to be set free from these things, and if you'll apply them in these other three areas of love, in these other three areas of connections and relationships with people, what will happen is you'll get so good at what you're doing that people will think, man, it's like God did that. Dang right. Hmm? Man, it's like, what that per- who's ever heard of a person that wouldn't come in and get and go toe-to-toe with you on something? I mean, I just, I railed that person and they did nothing. See, but the only way that that will win is not you being in false humility and acting like you're being humble and you're just taking somebody beating you down and browbeating you or whatever it is. But you learning how to hear from God and how to apply that love. How to be kind. How to be unselfish. How not to think about yourself. How not to have an opinion and an attitude about something that you think, you know, I deserve to give my opinion. Well, you deserve to go to hell, but thank God for Jesus. Amen? <laughs> yeah. But we don't, we, don't, we don't have to be these people that we deserve to have our opinion known. Well, all you got to do is turn on any radio station or television station or whatever out there, and they'll, you'll hear all kinds of opinions. Don't you just love to watch one of the news stations, and they have like three people, and one will be a liberal, and one will be a conservative, and another will be kind of in the middle, and the 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 and and depending on if the the person that is the from the radio from the TV station, uh, depending on if they're conservative or middle or liberal or whatever, you know they'll ask hard questions or they'll ask easier questions for one person or another. But man, they start fighting and yelling and screaming and they interrupt each other and they won't let them finish. And I mean, I you know one day I turned those off and I haven't turned them back on yet. I can't listen to that. I just can't. But you know what I can do? I can pray Ephesians 1 and 3 for them. Man, my list of Ephesians 1 and 3, I mean, I could roll it out back to Brian right now. It's, it's, it's growing and growing and growing. It's getting stronger in me. You know, sometimes in days past, you might have been challenged on something like that, like we were in the Believer's Authority class, and then it kind of weakens. Man, it's stronger than it's ever been. Stronger than ever. Why? Because, man, I'm, I, I'm going somewhere. And I'm not talking just about me. I'm saying, I, I'm going somewhere. I'm leading you there. And I'm saying, come on, stay on, on the ship. You know, let's work this thing out. Let's watch what happens in 2019 as we become lovers like never before. Amen. Are you hearing me? Love is the key. It's, it's the key. It is, it's the key to everything. Do you know how much, do you know how much 
of everything that we need, the ability and everything else that we need to accomplish what we've been put here to do, you know how much of that is in the seed of the word itself? I'm not saying we don't need to be trained and developed and have knowledge of things and all those, all that's good, all of it's good. But when you put those things first and you put the seed of the word on the back burner, you don't accomplish it. That's why there's so much confusion. If the word of God was out there first and foremost and people were focusing on being doers, on being number one hearers of the word and then doers of what they're hearing, what the Holy Spirit's telling them to do, if we would put that first and foremost, then all the other things that we do would be added. And it would all work, and it would be so much easier and so much less stress and pressure. He said, my burden, my burden and my yoke are light and easy. Take them on you. Learn from me. He's the key. The living word is the key, and he's got the answers for everything you and I need. And I'm telling you, it's all wrapped up in what we're talking about tonight. And all month, we're going to talk about this and dissect it and look at it and meditate on it and get it deeper in us than it's ever been before because this is the year of everything becoming clear. I mean, things I've said tonight should stir something in you to become a greater lover of mankind than what you've ever been before. Can you say amen?